Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About The Weather, political discussion from the outside may just look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk this week's news and politics. Yeah. And what a week. It's been pretty funny. Ooh, it's been pretty so, funny. Um, so, Chucker Amuna was teased into tried to start a new not party. <laughs> um, it's, lasted it's been two on... hours before racism, three hours before a ter- terrible apology, three hours after that for a terrible apology, and then a day after that to declare that any accusations of racism are a coordinated smear against them. <laughs> as of... <laughs> As of Monday, so good. as of Monday, we were going to do about like Michael a little bit on Michael Duga resigning from the Dua. Labour Party because he's announce his name properly. He's Michael Doer because he does things. <laughs> be a don't be a doer. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we were going to do Michael Duga, and uh, <laughs> you know, then Monday happened, and fuck that guy, fuck that guy. Won't even make it into his own history book anymore. <laughs> the thing is, they won't. So they're refusing to deny that they'll work with people like um, the honourable member for Riyadh, um, Penis, Penis, Penis. Mm. Um, they're saying like, oh, they're not, so, they're not, not denying that they'd what? work with a man accused of, of like being a sex pest. But Michael Dewar quit on Friday and he hasn't got the call. No. <laughs> well, he's not anything anymore. He works for, um, he's like head of UK music, which is like the industry body um, for the UK music industry. Yeah. So... Him and he's had that job like for a while. Yeah. So there's no like he's he is really nobody. But it's just weird. I, you wonder how when these stories come up, how much they're coordinated between kind of groups of like-minded mm. politics, like politicians or mm. the people politicos. Yeah. Um, but clearly it wasn't. It just wipes everything else out. So yeah. we had seven Labour MPs resigning at the same time, mm. uh, followed by an eighth on Monday evening. Was it or Tuesday evening? Oh, it must be yes, Tuesday evening. Tuesday, yeah. um, or Monday? I don't know. And then earlier on today, we had the three Tory mm. defectors: uh, yeah. Anna Soubry, Sarah Wollaston, and Heidi Allen, mm-hmm. um, all from the Liberal wing of the party. Although you wouldn't know that by that's their the voting thing, records. That's the thing, it's like, what's, <laughs> what's the Liberal wing of the Conservative Party? Because I could honestly say that the Liberal wing of the Conservative Party is worse than the ERG. No, let me, because let me, the ERG doesn't lie. Let me, let me, they let don't me, lie. Oh, they, the they, ERG does. No, but they lie about it. other things. Like, no, I did not they touch that lie. maid. They don't, they don't <laughs> say like, oh, actually, I'm, I really care about the poor. No, here's, here's the difference, right? Yeah. You say something like, we need to cut... Uh, mental health provision mm-hmm. uh, in the NHS. Mm-hmm. Um, a normal Tory will go, this is necessary. Mm-hmm. And a Tory liberal, on the other hand, it's very different, will go, oh, there we go. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, I saw that there's a couple more Labour people that are tipped for jumping. Oh, who? Fantastic people like um, Ian Austin. Oh, I uh, I want him. Yeah, yeah. gone. Um, a woman I want called Siobhan so something. I don't know who she is. I only saw her on Channel Four News. Oh, where she, yeah. And she's the one that said that it's like Stalin. It's like yeah, it's so Stalinism it, now. She said that from her prison cell. Yeah, it, it, she said the 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 Labour response, which was muted. I'm sorry to see them go. Mm-hmm. We have stuff to do in this country. Blah blah blah. Boiler oh no, plate, the head of the um, plate, um, the head of the head of um, Gavin Shooker's um, constituency Labour Party was a bit better than that. We were just mm-hmm. saying like, oh sorry, no. It's like I'm looking forward to hit to an election where he'll be like um, thrown into the waste basket of history where he deserves to be. <laughs> um, like, I do love anything dustbin of history, yeah. waste basket of history. Yeah. Uh, trash heap of history, mm-hmm. all good. Yeah. Add of history into any kind of metaphor, mm-hmm. love it. Um, 
So, okay, so if we're assuming there's maybe two more Labour MPs in the next like week or so... Followed by every couple of days, there'll be somebody. Every, every couple of days, there'll be somebody to string out the news as long as possible. I'm predicting and hopefully it's because it's what in, they did before. Straight into the week before Brexit. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> it seems like the main plan for this is to stop Brexit, is to get rid of, to make sure that Brexit goes through. <laughs> so they came out, they've announced their name is The Independent Group. Now, mm-hmm. there's been some uh, confusion as to exactly what this is, because... It's technically not a party. Mm-hmm. It is a grouping of independent MPs funded by a private company. F- they are they're, they're, I guess their trademarks or whatever mm-hmm. are managed by a private company. Uh, the only director of him is Gavin Shuka. Mm-hmm. It's headquartered in um, what was it Aldershot? Somewhere it's, it's like above that. Above a Weatherspoons. Above a Weatherspoons in like uh, in a in a in a Berkshire town, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't, there's not too much to read into that actually I was looking into it and like looking into the address that they're registered at there's like 900 other companies mm. registered so it's just one of those boilerplate like uh, like gold plate on the wall that says yeah. the company's headquartered here but actually they're you know in the ether mm-hmm. not suspicious at all <laughs> um, well no it's just new different kind of politics where they're not bound by electoral law um, <laughs> they don't have to talk about who funds them which me even saying that, according to Jimmy Bollocks, his dog so, whistle. <laughs> but so, like, here's here's the thing about that. Like, when they the way that they've presented themselves, it was all uh, they came out and they each read a speech in turn, mm-hmm. um, saying how they could no longer remain in the Labour Party. This was an act of conscience, and they talked a lot about changing the landscape. Mm. Didn't have any actual policies. They've oh, got no. what I can only describe as the 20,000th time I have seen this particular set of principles written up. You know, it's, they talked a lot about a huge sea change, but it's like their website has their principles. Doesn't have any policies, but has their principles. Ours is a great country of which people are rightly proud. Britain works best as a diverse, mixed social market economy. Uh, A strong economy means we can invest in public services, uh, international rules-based order, devolving power to local levels. I swear to God... If I ever see this particular like worldview articulated in these exact same words over and over again, mm. can you not think of get a fucking thesaurus? Mm-hmm. Just change the words. Mm-hmm. The only thing it was lacking, actually, in, in fairness, they didn't use rights without responsibilities <laughs> or rights with responsibility. That'll come. Soon. They didn't use that. That will come at some point. Um, they're pro nuclear war. Um, <laughs> no, they are. They're oh yeah, well, war. international rules based order means NATO. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah. Um, there was that great interview with Chucker where he spent like thirty seconds in complete silence as he tried to work out a part of the last Labour policy, last Labour manifesto he disagreed with um, <laughs> because he couldn't. Um, they're they're a, they're a weird collection because there's Chucker Amuna. Everyone knows what Chucker Amuna is. He's the guy who got caught being on an elite dating site because he didn't want a mix of scum. Yeah. He's the guy who says that he's in favour of controls on immigration, then says that we need to have complete free movement. He doesn't have a single thing that he actually believes. No. He is he, he got told too early on that he was going to be the British Obama yeah. and completely lost it and is convinced that he's a genius. And it's like when the BBC people had their mics on and they were just saying he's insane <laughs> because he's, he's so separated from reality. Then you've got Angela Smith, who's a lazy racist despised in her constituency who is the MP for privatising water. The, the MP for smashing a glass of water out of a thirsty child's hand. <laughs> who, like someone was bringing up, like, oh, who's, what about the constituency staff? Like, you know, some of them are going to be loyal to their MPs, but some of them 
rightly, are going to be loyal to the party. But she's okay. She skipped that one because she only employs her husband. <laughs> um, then you have um, Anne Coffey, who's an old woman who I had no, no idea who she is. Yeah, I didn't even bother to look yeah. her up. I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 it's no point. Um, Mike Gates, who at any moment is just going to explode. Oh, yeah. That makes me wonder, actually, because... So Mike Gapes is the Saudi uh, guy. You yeah. know, you, everybody has everybody has a thing, mm-hmm. and his big thing since Cor- especially since Corbyn's come to power, mm. he's the Saudi guy. I wonder how, because obviously, like Saudi money and yeah. and shilling for BAE and things like oh, yeah, that. Oh yeah, he's worthless. Now. They are based on your position and the potential mm. for you to have a a front bench position. Mm. Or what committees you're on and all that And kind of what shit. committees. I mean, I think he's still on uh, various yeah. committees. I think he's on the Venezuela committee. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Well, of course, because that's how it works. Yeah. You're, you're an expert because you're um, particularly aligned with the most powerful mm. group, which is the Atlanticist group in the yeah. British Parliament. So, of course. But I wonder how much more use he is. Because if he's independent, he's presumably not going to get a front bench soon. And at some no. point, he's going to have to contest his seat. And he's, he's never going to get a, f- a front bench. So, yeah, no, um, well, that's, that's why... Was, is, this is the reason. No, but I could see that they, if you hang on to him, at some point, as an ardent critic of Corbyn, if you get rid of Corbyn, the new regime that comes into the Labour Party puts him on the front bench in something, in some form. No. I could see no. that. I could see no, no, I could no. have seen that. It's no, obviously um, fucking uh, literally, academic literally now. Every single one of them, the only one of them who had a chance of ever being on a front bench was Luciana Berger, mm. if that happened. Because she was never going to be on the front bench of a left-wing Labour Party because she's not. She was. Yeah, she was she, right. She, she, um, yeah. No, well, she was because that was part of when they were trying to be nice to the right who hate yeah. him, who hate everything about Corbyn. Yeah. Um, it is. She's the only one that had a genuine reason to leave. Yeah. Because yeah, getting abused when you're like <laughs> eight months pregnant, woman being having anti-Semitic abuse thrown at you, it's really shitty. Um, which makes the other ones even more craven. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty certain they'd let her back in. If after all this calms down and she wanted to come back in, they'd probably let her back in. I don't think they'll let like Chris Leslie back in. Chris Leslie, oh, who is Chris despised Leslie, in Nottingham. Rightly so. Um, Chris, Chris Leslie, who was in a marginal seat, lost that marginal seat, um, <laughs> then got parachuted into a safe seat. Hey, come on now. He did Gordon Brown's photocopying. He did do Gordon Brown's photocopying. <laughs> um, then, who are the other ones? There's... Um, Gavin Shuker. Oh, Gavin Shuker, the one who believes the, in gay cures. Who is the left's Tim Farron. Yeah, who believes in I gay the cures. Left. The Labour's, um, Labour's Tim Farron. Thinks that prayer can heal things. Wants <laughs> con- sensible controls on abortion. Um, <laughs> That's, yeah. Sorry, he's, he's sensible controls on... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like they they oh they're terrible. And then this latest the latest one now, what's her name? Um the one from Enfield North. Oh, Joan Ryan. Joan Ryan who The greatest is, defender of uh Ju- Judaism mm-hmm. that's ever existed. Definitely. Um who Who definitely didn't try to set up a Palestinian solidarity campaigner with a fake <laughs> anti Semitism charge, got censured I say censured, she got no confidence by her party, which yeah. ultimately means nothing. Yeah. But then um was saying she was being driven out of the party by anti-Semitism. The anti-Semitism uh, uh, she communists had made and Trotskyites, up. yeah. Yeah, the anti-Semitism um, that she had made up. Yeah, she... Um, one of the few London MPs of a second home, because travelling oh, from Enfield North is too hard. Um, 
it's not. To be that fair, hard. you ever tried the Northern Line or the Jubilee? It's fucking horrible. Um, I don't, does what goes to Enfield actually? Not that. I've never been. I've uh, never been to Enfield. You you have. You've been through it. You must have with me in the car. Um, it's like over there. Oh uh, well, it's not far. <laughs> what me in my fancy pants in car? Fancy car, like a modern day Joan Ryan. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, she was also the one. She was like one of the worst expenses cheats. She tried yes. to edit her Wikipedia to hide this and acute and said it was a smear campaign. She like she, was it her or Angela Smith who bought four beds for a one bedroom flat? One <laughs> of those two because I keep on getting those two mixed up. She just wants to. Um, she she only has one bedroom, but she wants four beds in there, so it's like a kind of beautiful like uh, boudoir. Mm. You know, you just step up, you open the door, step up onto the bed. Yep, you got yourself a palace. Definitely. <laughs> but um, they're all terrible. Um, they're all if we if the Labour Party had done its fucking job and had it so you could reselect MPs, mm. they all would have been deselected by now. They would have quit before being deselected. Oh no, they would have, and that's what they—that's what they've done. I mean, obviously that this is, is the problem. That they is what they've off. done. But I don't think there was any situation pending where Chucker Amuna would be forced to vacate his seat. There um, was just nothing on the yeah, horizon. Yeah, but it would have—it would have got rid of it. It would have—they if if the, the Labour Party fucked up, they should have sorted this out two years ago. Mm. So they could have done this, and all of them. And it's like, while on the one hand, I feel terrible for like the abuse that Luciana Berger gets. She was the vote to, of no confidence in her was because she was refusing to say that she wouldn't leave and join a new party, and then she went and joined a new party. Beware of what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they're all and the thing. Oh, they're just terrible. Um, um, and but, they're, and the, the thing is, they're good. They've they've managed to make sure Brexit definitely definitely happens, and Corbyn will get the blame for it. Well, that's the thing. So, like, like I was watching the 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 press conference they were all coming out with their kind of personalized because all of their all of their supposed strengths in terms of the media is based on their a weird sense of their charisma you know they're all the kind of ah they're the outspoken rebels or they're all things that the media have made them into Chucker mm. Ramuna was made into the British Obama by the media there's nothing mm-hmm. in his record that suggests that oh god um what was interesting is the way that they all came out one after the other like somebody on Twitter was saying look as somebody who's run launches before, I don't know who this person was, as somebody who's run like launches of things before, you put two people out there to act as the leaders mm-hmm. and then hide the Gapeses of the world and the Leslies, mm-hmm. hide them away. Put just uh, Chuck Ramuna and uh, Luciana Berger up there on their own and say, these are the people who are joining me. Mm-hmm. For a party that's predicated on presumably some kind of Remainer sentiment, Mm-hmm. Um, they have absolutely ensured that Remain won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have any People's Vote representatives up there, even though uh, Chucker's associated with the campaign. Well, the People's Vote people hate Chucker now, don't they? Do they really? That was, that was a, I'm sure I read that, that, um, that they think that he essentially leapfrogged them, destroyed any con- any chance of this happening, and took all the credit from... Like, turned, all, I mean, all of them have been turned turning it... into the it, Chucker show. They've been turning it into a... Uh, Get rid of Corbyn show, mm-hmm. and obviously th- this will be picked over for years. But it has absolutely doomed the Remain campaign. Mm-hmm. This has now doomed probably any chance of Labour being able to negotiate some kind of softer Brexit. There might still be a chance of that, but who knows? Mm-hmm. They have they didn't bring out anybody else. They didn't they didn't link themselves up with any other tendency in British politics. They're a pro-business party. Where were the business people? Mm-hmm. Where were the backers? On the point of their financing, who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. 
anybody who supports them is not going to be put off if it finds out that, oh, well, there's this American billionaire who's mm-hmm. uh, funding the party. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be an American billionaire because foreigners can't, but foreigners can't mm. um, uh, contribute to political parties. But if it had been like, say, Lord Sainsbury, mm. the old like New Labour founder, yeah. who would have cared? No. no one would have cared. Why would they keep it a secret? Mm. Who are they? Emba- who are they? What are they embarrassed about people finding out? Unless it's straight up illegal, which yeah. is. A, a question that I don't know how to answer. But, like, there's all of these things that if they're presenting themselves as this new wave in politics, this new, oh, we're finally speaking out for the politically homeless and for the the centre that's just underneath the surface mm-hmm. that we're sure's there, mm-hmm. it sure exists as, like, a constituency that we can appeal to, who cares? If it's all there, mm. bring people's vote up. You don't have to fucking... Um, like toe the line to Labour's particular no. like Brexit pragmatism anymore. No, go f- balls out Remainer. Well, of course you can't do that because it's too late because it's happening in a month, yeah. and you've just doomed any chance for a second referendum. So but I don't get. There's no like they straight up like um, uh, Chuck Ramuna straight up um, cussed out the Lib Dems. Well, yeah. Somebody asked him about um, well, who wouldn't joining up with the Lib Dems, and he said, "You don't change the status quo by rejoining it." Hmm. Oh, well done, mate. There were reports that the Lib that basically what they were going to try and do is kind of parasitize the mm. the Lib Dems for their organisation and their and their their activists and things like that, which actually not a terrible idea. No, Lib Dem activists are better than when they're, most. When they're focused on one particular objective, they can be uh, very effective. Well, they've got enough. Lib Dems are pretty good at um, wrangling rubes. <laughs> if you could say one thing about Lib, Lib Dems, is they've spent decades <laughs> wrangling rubes, like you. When you voted for them, uh, yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, you don't you don't necessarily expect them to go for kind of mass party status. That's mm. that's clearly not what they're going for. They're going for mm. the best people. But of course, there weren't even the best people there. Oh no, there's no there's no. If oh, they were no. going for like, Which, oh, we're an elite party. Where where's the elite? Well, where are they? The best, it's like we were talking on um, we were talking to one of our friends, and it was about Angela Smith last night saying that um, it's a bottoms up party. <laughs> <laughs> what like ducks when they bob? Yeah, what she was talking about. She was like, she was just she did another like, she did another interview and she screwed up again. Um, and he and one of our friends is like, why do they keep on putting her up? And it's like, well, it's because she's actually one of the better ones. What? Because if you, what's going to happen if you put fucking gapes on telly? Oh god, yeah, here's a reason why he doesn't go on there. Exactly, because he's just going to turn <laughs> purple and scream. Um, Gavin Shooker's going to like he's going to like go on a rant because a bloke touched his hand. <laughs> Luciana Berger's probably she's got a lot to deal with on her own, so I don't, that's she's probably the best best speaker out of a lot of them. She's the yeah. most likable. I would say she's the most likable, but then she's still she's still someone who was only parachuted into her constituency oh, in yeah. two thousand ten. Yeah, she's the best of them only because they're a particularly depraved. Oh, yeah. No, no, bunch. I don't think any of them are particularly. I don't you think know she's I mean? particularly great. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but no, what I mean is like um, so the. You have Chucker and you have um, Angela Smith as being the ones that they put forward because they're the ones that they think are the best ones. They're the best and brightest of their little group. Um, and that was until Anna Subri turned up and they'll put her down out of things. Maybe they'll put... Um, but yeah, so Chucker as well, he said the thing today about how Eastern Europeans aren't integrated and they're not making oh. English strudel. Um, Finally, someone will have a go at the Eastern Europeans. Yeah, eh? yeah. Finally, somebody will speak out for all... Again... Speaking out for this imagined constituency, mm-hmm. I'll tell you their real constituency is the media. Yeah, yeah. the media have made them what they are, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who actually would go for have been like desperate for a party mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the fact that they're not having any by-elections is telling and revolting. Um, I think that that's really gross. I think that it was almost a bit of a fuck-up, actually, on their heart, yeah. their side. The fact that... Well, not that not calling by-elections, because if they call by-elections, they're all out of the job. Yeah. But um, letting the Tories join them, let those three Tories, because mm-hmm. the Labour Party, they can't do it. They've already said that they once they're in power, they're going to look into how to do this, do reselections. Yep. Um, I could see the Tories just saying, no, we're doing that, we're passing a new law. All three of you giving your passports, you're all now Bangladeshi. <laughs> and they put Adesubri on a boat. <laughs> there's, a, there's a weird kind of tension about the way that they've been conducting themselves as well, because on the one hand, we know this has been planned for like two years, two and a yeah. half years, something like that. We know that there's this has always been, a, at the very least, like a fall fallback option mm-hmm. for those who... Wanted to hurt Corbyn in, in like Corbynism yeah. in in the in the the best way. Yeah, they've got this weird tension between trying to say that this is a decision that they've only come to in a few weeks, but also having the uh, preparation to say we are a fully fledged party. It's in the same way that they won't define their own like status, the mm. status of this group. Yeah, they want to remain a group because they have to kind of keep up the pretense that this was. Um, a decision they've only made recently, maybe mm. in a, the last month or so. But at the same time, they've also got to, in order to be effective, they've got to lay out plans and be a party. Mm-hmm. You know? They've clearly been reaching out to people. It's And, like, that presentation is really important because they all presented it as, like, an act of conscience, echoing something that I've, I've said about before, that the main, like the main aesthetic that a lot of liberals use now is like the Cold War dissenter, mm-hmm. the one who comes over from the communist. And like, actually there's a, there's a great line in, um, I think it was uh, at Malays Forever uh, on Twitter, tweeted out like a, a, a couple of pages from uh, Raphael Samuels talking about the STP, mm-hmm. obviously the last big split from the Labour Party. Um, one of the features of the new middle class which the SDP reproduces is its narcissism, the delight in which it takes itself. In their own eyes, at least, they are the beautiful people of politics, representing a force for civilization and refinement. It is. It's, mm. they're, the mor- they're, the, they're the ones with consciences. Mm. Fucking Chris Leslie, going back through what he said about being an MP for yeah. decades, has been, oh, it's all about conscience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all about what I think is best. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to tie them to exactly who they're supposed to represent and where their legitimacy comes from. Well, you know? that, um, like Chris Leslie, in his defence of Angela Smith, has proved that he really doesn't give a toss about racism, if that wasn't even in anyone's mind that he was mm-hmm. being honest about that. So he's left the party to start this splinter group because of his principled stand of, I hate Jeremy Corbyn, and... God damn it, I will never let the tax rate be 50%. <laughs> and that's so Blairite, it hurts the brain. It's like, you know you're going to be out of the job soon. That's the thing, like... And this is your goal. This is like my life. Like, you know, like Jesse Ventura. Yeah. He knows he's dying. Yeah. So Jesse Ventura's final act is going to be to try and legalise weed everywhere he can. <laughs> Whereas Chris Leslie, his career is dead. As he dies, he's going to make try and make sure that the top rate of tax does not ever reach fifty percent. It's so horrible. It's such a a, a weirdly limiting uh, political horizon to aim for. Mm-hmm. You know, because like we say about oh, they're Blairites, they're Blairites. Can you imagine any of these people trying to start like trying to uh, flesh out and secure? a brand new Sure Start programme. Oh, I know Blairites always bring up Sure Start and it's, it's laughable, 
but actually, can you imagine any of these people even trying to do that? Like at least you short. St- the, the thing is, you could what you can say about short start is it did involve thinking and work. Yeah, it, um, also, whereas they don't. It involved do that. an outcome. Yeah, yeah. It involved an outcome, and the thing that pisses me off about these people is that for years we've known that they do not share the same. Uh, they do not want the same end goal mm-hmm. as the rest of the party. I'm not mad about them leaving at all. Oh, no, not only am I, I mean, I'm glad on a kind of like tribally, mm-hmm. like socialist level, but I don't understand as just like a thinking human being who who lives in like like who, who studies politics and who looks at politics and stuff like that. I don't understand how they could stick around for so long when clearly this wasn't. What they wanted. Yeah. They don't. They don't agree with the Labour Party. It's like mm. a Kate Huey situation. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree with it, if it's not looking after your politics, fucking leave. Just money. Uh, of course, yeah. I know money and position and power That's and all it. that kind of stuff. I, I, but they haven't wanted the same end goal forever, and to, yeah. to suddenly come out and them they're, they're now exposed. Mm-hmm. They now have to plot the course of a new Liberal Party now. Like it or not, the Labour Party is the ostensible Liberal Party yeah, of British is. politics. Well, 100% is. Um, and this particular um, person thereafter, hmm. that only worked when you were in a larger party like the Labour Party hmm. because they could pivot and count on hmm. other supporters, hmm. like the Blairite, like New Labour hmm. thing. It, it worked at the time. It worked hmm. for Tony Blair. It's, um... Yeah, they, they, it's just... Oh, they're, you know, yeah, they're unbearable. I'm glad they're gone. Um... I would I would be livid if it was in my constituency. Um, if Stella Creasy mm. left, I would be livid because I held my peace and I voted for her. Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't vote for her. I've never voted for her. I voted for the Labour Party yeah. in spite of her. Um, and if she did that and then said like, "Oh no, I'm not having a by election," oh because everybody loves me, it's like, oh god, I just. Some of these seats are so safe Labour seats yeah. that it's proper donkey red rosette territory. Yeah. As proven by that's where Blair put all of his donkeys. <laughs> so our second topic for today kind of very much related to yeah. uh, what we were talking about earlier. Um, we were, Like I say, we were originally going to do this about Michael Duguerre. <laughs> um, Duguerre. And kind of lead it into... a. Discussion of like something that's been bugging me for weeks. So, before Luciana Berger um, uh, resigned the whip, resigned the Labour whip, she was threatened with de- yeah was threatened with deselection. Um, no, no confidence. Um, it was yeah, no confidence. Yeah, the first that would, step that would presumably lead to to deselection. Um, it got a lot of coverage, slotted nicely into the Labour Civil War narrative, mm-hmm. as well as the anti-Semitism stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of got quite a lot of coverage. But there was one particular thing. Uh, Lucy Powell, MP for Manchester Central, tweeted in support of her, saying, Luciana is one of the most outstanding MPs of our generation. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sit well with me. I've got no particular personal animus against Luciana Berger for what she's done. I just don't know no, what she's done. I don't know what it is. It's the same question with, with Jess Phillips, except Jess Phillips maybe has a more kind of like abrasive style, like an authenticrat style, which again slots quite nicely into the 2018, 17, 18, 19 that we li- have lived through. Yeah. Um, 
But what makes a good MP? Yeah. Like, when you say someone like Luciana Berger is an outstanding MP, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? How do you how do you evaluate it? You know. Yeah, it's a it's it's a complicated one because it's changed. Like, the notion of an MP has changed so much. Yeah. Since. Since the days of Poldark, where the whole point of a good MP was to be the sexiest shirtless man. Yeah. <laughs> Who also owned property. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because, you know, you've got your property. You won't believe how big a thing that is. <laughs> In 18th century Westminster, you would not believe how well you go down if you have a spate of tin mines. <laughs> um, but, like... It's a hard one because what they they don't do it. It's like like all of these people like resigning the whip, uh, resigning resigning from the party. What are they going to do now? And it's like they're going to do not much. And what are they going to do for their constituencies? Not much because they didn't do much before. <laughs> well, that's always the that's always the defence is that it it, it it changes over time. So when they're accused, the the first phase is if a right wing Labour MP is accused of. Um, like not being left wing enough, like mm. having the wrong politics, which mm-hmm. is a perfectly valid criticism of somebody who doesn't share your politics. Yeah, they don't seem to understand that. Mm-hmm. They say, "Well, I'm as Labour as anybody. Mm-hmm. I am totally, to, to put in Jess Phillips' terms, I was born Labour." Mm-hmm. She said again today, and she said she was a radical leftist. Um, she also said she was a. Va- That's just a straight up lie. But. Yeah. How dare you say that? Again, it's just your well, class actually, bigotry. Actually, just because you, know you weren't brought up on council pop and municipal sludge. Listen, when we wanted a cup of tea in the large building from High Rise that I grew up in, in Birmingham, you had to reach the tin bath out of the window, catch the tea from the rich people living on the top of the building from High Rise. The tea vomited out of the dog's mouths. <laughs> The tea brushed from the maid on the top floor. You had to catch it in a bath, set fire to it because well, it no, you to put, destroy you put, the, the organisms. The tin bath full of sludge next to the furnace, the smelting <laughs> which furnace. we lived in. <laughs> Sorry, this is turning into a four Yorkshireman sketch. I can't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that, that's the first defence. Yeah, yeah. They say I was born Labour. I've got Labour in me blood. Yeah. I am Labour. To quote Mark, Mike Gates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then when it's obvious that the Labour Party isn't isn't reflecting what their politics are, they choose a different tack. They mm-hmm. say, oh, well, I'm such a good constituency MP. Mm. My tie to my locality is, is so overwhelming that my constituents could not possibly vote for anyone else. That's where my legitimacy comes from. That's yeah. like a boast. Everybody loves me. That's, everybody, everybody loves me. me. I reassured them all that there'd be like another 10 years of Conservative government in a handwritten letter. <laughs> And then when it turns out that their parties are trying to deselect them, mm. then they go stuff... Well, I mean, okay, actually, I'm sorry, I've skipped a stage there because actually the middle stage is to say, this country needs me. Yeah. So something like Russia comes up or Venezuela, mm-hmm. or some foreign policy thing, or um, something like that. Or, or, or they'll bring out... They'll, they'll tactically bring out food banks even though yeah. they don't oppose austerity yeah. in any meaningful way they'll say the nation needs us well, it's not the it's not about the party it's about a united nation we're about to go to war with venezuela and if that's the case don't you want someone like mike gates at your back <laughs> i can't only, think of any joke like, i have no only, idea like, if only because like if any if you're in the dark of night and there's like People using infrared goggles to like spot your body heat. They'll never be able to see anything because they'll be blinded by the radiant sun of his body heat. He is so hot. He is so hot and pink. It's only because he is the sun <laughs> by which we are all guided. Hashtag not a cult. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, they'll say the national interest. Then when yeah. they're actually being deselected by their parties, so mm. the party's turned against them, mm. the nation has mm. no interest because every politician talks about every, everything that they do is in that yeah, yeah. interest. Then they say, my constituency needs me. Yeah. That's when the, that local link comes in. Um, there's an article by Chris Bryant he wrote a few years ago that's, um, that kind of... He, are, he kind Chris of Bryant, another question. one who is another one, yeah. not very well liked by his constituency. No. Um, so his, his decision, he explained his decision to vote on airstrikes on Syria. Uh, the job of an MP is to provide leadership. <laughs> Sorry, it's, just, yeah. it's all they talk about in the Ronda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course he's a Ronda, isn't he? Yeah. Um, How you need to just, that's like, oh, no fucking Syrians. <laughs> <laughs> the job of an MP is to provide Take leadership. Taking all our not jobs. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Welsh Labour MPs are the fucking worst ones for this. They're as what? bad as, like... Yeah, yeah, they are the worst ones. What happens when they're visiting their constituency? They see what is a fucking huge humanitarian, economic and humanitarian crisis that is happening in Wales now. Something so bad the Red Cross had to fucking go in. Well, they call for and military go, intervention. <laughs> well, actually, need more of this. Yeah. So, uh, well, you've, yeah. you've seen you've seen how they do it. Stephen Kinnock drives around quickly in a bus with a loudspeaker playing um, <laughs> to nobody. Yeah, just, nobody's on the streets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Chris Bryant says, The job of an MP is to provide leadership, exercise his or her judgment to see each issue against the wider context, hmm. to form alliances that can deliver change and be a forceful advocate. It doesn't say that. And then talking about how he's supposed to represent his constituents, which is how the system's supposed to work. Hmm. He says, The classic instance is restoring the death penalty. The pollsters tell us this would be popular. Perhaps a majority of my constituents would vote for it in a referendum. But whatever the majority for the death penalty, I would never vote for it. This is a vote of conscience. So he's like saying, oh, we have to use our conscience to mm -hmm. vote. Let's skim over the fact that this, him talking about the death penalty, was in him, him writing in an article defending his decision to bomb Syria. <laughs> Let's just skip over that. Um, no. And no. he's saying, yeah. It's yeah. very different. <laughs> it's very different because but like, they're not white in Syria. But like, so every four years we have a vote. You mm -hmm. vote on, most people vote on the party because that is the way that politics is conducted in this country through the refracting yeah. lens of the, of the media. It's conducted on a national scale. Mm -hmm. It's conducted somewhat on a local scale. Mm. Um, if you have a particularly long-running MP for people who've had interactions with that. Mm -hmm. But also we have a very low turnout. And so, yeah. uh, I mean, I think it got up to about 70% in the last election, which was a high yeah. since kind of the, the 80s. Um, so presumably he's, go he's going off the fact that people voted for what he said in an election potentially four years before the action he's taking now. Mm -hmm. And in order to fill in that gap, he says, well, they trust my conscience. That seems a remarkably, like, personalised way of, of, of working out whether what the MP is doing is what his constituents well, want. The, the whole point of it, it's like, you have your MP, and the reason why you don't have referendums all the time, as proven by Brexit, <laughs> is because it's really, really dumb. Um, and it leads to all kinds of things that are hard to predict. Um, so you have your MP who you vote, you know, you choose your advocate who you trust. I mean, to... you don't. No, this is the thing. You? The concept is you choose your advocate who you trust implicitly to choose what they think is best for you. And right. you choose okay. and you get yeah, you vaguely aim in that direction based on the party. Yeah. Now, the problem, this completely falls apart with the very notion of 
how MPs are chosen to be candidates. Mm. Because you don't get any say in that. Yeah. They're just dumped there. And, like, Chris Bryant has no connection to them in, mm. in like, the Ronda. Like, Stella Creasy, she wasn't, she's not from here. She's not from Wolf and Forest. She's not from here. No, but you know what yeah, I mean? I she, like, she mean, was yeah. put here. Um, did this, what, that's what happens well, what, these... what kills me is that any time they bring up um, working in the interest of their constituents, mm. it never seems to be in the actual interests of their constituents. No, they'll, they'll bring up working in the interest of their constituents and like, their moral guidance when it is towing the party line on war. Yeah, it's odd. Stella Crazy did it with, um, Syria, with Bomb in Syria as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, when her constituents complained at her, she called them a mob. Yeah. Like, in, in theory... It's representatives elected by constituencies. Mm-hmm. They have a local tie. They, yeah, as you say, they acquid- adequately to the best of their ability represent. They're mm. not exactly there to do exactly what the, the constituency mm. wants because that would be impossible to predict. But they're there to represent what they think is best within the framework of the party as it got mm. elected. You know, they take roles in committees. They, they um, work in Westminster to advance particular, particular mm. interests. Um, and when the time comes, they say that they're judged as individuals. Of course, it's not true. Well, so, in yeah. practice, though, that like they don't have, they don't have that level of independence in order no. to be made a conscious choice. No. There's a rigorous party discipline mm. uh, mechanism at work in Westminster. You know, unless they're particularly rebellious, ninety percent of the time they're they're towing the party line. Mm. They are doing exactly what the party wants to do, and they'll like they'll vote along the lines dictated by the central office. Even, like, down to the point where they're supposed to hold the executive to account. You've seen PMQs. Mm. It's a line. It's, like, maybe two or three difficult questions and a line of time-waster questions from the particular person's own side to say, do you... Are are you happy that this hospital's done really well in my constituency? Yeah. And it's, like, that's that's specifically there to waste the half an hour a week... (laughs) The MPs get to question the Prime Minister directly. What's the point? Yeah, I don't. I just. I. I don't get it. It's. It's. It seems so dysfunctional. And like this. This isn't even just informal stuff. This is informally. Parties are always judged by the media based on their message discipline. If they've got lot as as Labour have at the minute, mm. like part of the reason why the papers are kind of dismissive of Corbyn's uh, like attitude not attitude but like his his perspective on like the way he's doing political business is they say oh you've got all these politicians um uh going up like going shooting their mouths off yeah that's uh that's not what blair would have done hmm. and it's like yeah but isn't that kind of the point yeah you know what i mean is if, if we've got a if we've got a system based on individuals representing their areas hmm. and that's where the legitimacy lies that hmm. link shouldn't they be shooting their mouths off should hmm. there even be a party system Mm. You know? Um, Sounds to me like you're saying there should be an informal alliance for independence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first, like, first past the post doesn't help either. It no, creates no. safe seats. Mm-hmm. There are seats that Labour are never going to lose. There mm. are seats that the Conservatives are never going to lose. Um, and the focus has always been on those 10% of seats that are kind of the swing seats, which then get characterised as like the real people, the real voters. They're mm. the Middle England. That's where all that like Worcester man and... Uh, they're the authentic voice mm. of England. Whereas all they are is, well, all they were, because I would argue that they don't properly exist anymore. Um, all they are is just uh, particularly decent 
way of appearing like the body politic is united around a particular common interest or ideology. They don't mm -hmm. call it an ideology, but they assume that the British system has a particular ideology. I mean, you can see the independent group doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. They've slightly adjusted it so it's not someone who you know lives in the suburbs and reads the Daily Mail, mm -hmm. but it is the kind of... Uh, the smart, kind, intelligent, liberal who reads The Guardian and is nice. Very important. Like That niceness is deployed in all kinds of horrible ways. It's what gives cover for Chakramuna to like, yeah, go on about how Eastern Europeans aren't Brit like, don't know Britain because they can't bake a shepherd's pie or something. <laughs> that's horrible stuff layered in nice stuff. Yeah. And that's the, that's the focus. So like, amidst all this... The actual link between individual MPs is is so. There's, there's it, it's not varied enough. Like they're, they're not independent. They are almost like trained to be exactly the same way. They're trained. Mm. They've been professionalized. It's part of the reason why they, like, Chris Leslie is a good example. Yeah. Of someone who just doesn't know how to work in this system. Yeah. <clears throat> because he's designed specifically to be a Blairite yes man. Yes. And. It had the party hasn't been that for a while, so he literally has no idea what to do. And he's not the the rebel crown doesn't sit very well on him. That rebel hat, no. Um, no. and he just seems kind of out of his depth all the time. Yeah, even in like just very basic conversations. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, they don't even have that kind of thing where like, what power do they have at a local level? So whenever I, I hear about anything. whenever I hear about the hard work that MPs do, mm -hmm. and uh, look, I've no doubt that they do like have busy schedules they certainly appear to from what i'm saying i'm not saying they're like lazy in any way mm. but they're like well i have constituency surgeries i have constituents who need me and constituency surgeries are the meetings they hold you know however many times a week mm. and they see petitioners like a saudi king <laughs> not quite like a saudi king but um they see petitioners and they're like the pavement in front of my house is cracked mm. and i've got a wheelchair yeah and it's like oh, i'll sort that out for you yeah. now not saying that work's not important. It's incredibly important to keep people's lives running properly. Yeah. Why do MPs do that? Yeah. Why that should be you shouldn't need a political representative to do that. That's not what they're there for. Mm. The, or that that is they have way more important stuff they could or should be doing. A good example would be like um so I saw that Stella Creasy was going on one um, oh, she had her little weird uh, doxing meltdown thing. Yeah, she was just she was she she was just being a bit odd. Um, but you know, she blocked me, so I can't see what she's doing. So I had to I went around that <laughs> I went around that to see what's going because it was confusing me because yeah, it's yeah. like really annoying. I just keep on seeing people replying to her and saying things like this is really sketchy. <laughs> so it's like okay, I need to see this. Um, I saw that. Well, she says like, oh, you're all blocking up my Twitter timeline, so I can't do my constituency work, which is bollocks. But one of the things that someone asked her is, um, it seems like in some roadworks down near Walthamstow Central, they've um, concreted up some um, phone boxes, so you can't get in. <laughs> um, so someone had sent her pictures, and she was like, so they're retweeting it, saying, can you still deal with this, please? Yeah. And it's like, is that your job? Because that seemed like... Twitter's just removed the point of you. We can, we've just got rid of it because we can, if we can just say it to the, the road people, why did you do this? Could you get rid of it, please? And they responded like we were humans. Well, that brings it... I mean, that, that brings up a really good point. Mm. Since the 80s, democratic politicians have had, like, the levers of power over the economy and over yeah. stuff like that taken out of their hands. Mm -hmm. You know, Thatcher devolved certain powers to the councils yeah. who are actually supposed to deal with that stuff mm -hmm. at a local level. Um... 
and also took out the kind of uh, controls over you know currency and and various bits of the economy yeah. that could have been under like were under somewhat democratic control when they were in the hands of MPs. So they're not supposed to. They're supposed to kind of act as as PR people, and I just see them kind of whenever I see them acting as a kind of glorified civ- citizens' advice bureau, mm. it kind of mystifies me because it doesn't undermine the importance of having a proper citizens advice bureau having a proper local government that mm. sorts out the stuff the the stuff like the stuff like that that happens there yeah. all these things have to be done i'm not, i'm not even like i'm not going anti admin or anti bureaucracy no, no. you know it it seems weird that yeah it's a weird mixture of like citizens advice bureau moral advocate yeah oh well, you put it very well actually in the break you put it really well um it's almost like they're their constituency's first citizens. Yeah. That's and it, they're, yeah. they're like the mayor. There's so many. Whenever I have a look at, like, through a, uh, an MP's, like, Twitter timeline, mm. it's opened the opened the county fair. Mm. Uh, I went to uh, an army hospital. I met with veterans. I helped this school out with their, you know, I visited this school to see how this, like, group of primary school children. I delivered 20,000 bullets. <laughs> and it seems like as much as anything, then they're on a permanent campaign not only to prove their own worth which is that's kind of the point yeah but to prove the worth of being an mp yeah when they come out and have to define what an mp is and what an mp does mm-hmm. that's a kind of pr exercise and i don't know i might be alone in this but i want politicians to actually i want democratically elected politicians to actually have a hand in in shaping the policies as a whole mm. not to act as Charity PR. Yeah. Let charity PR do that. Yeah. Let Citizens Advice Bureau do that. You know? Yeah. It's really odd. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's partially to do with kind of the development of uh, parties mm-hmm. as, as, as mass organisations. Um, I was looking up kind of stuff around this, and there's, a, there's an essay called Politics as a Vocation uh, by Max Weber, mm-hmm. a sociologist from the 1900s. Um, and he kind of looks across Europe and, and traces the development of political parties from originally kind of court circles. So they're mm-hmm. all centred around like aristocratic notables like, you know, the Duke of Norfolk and his retinue. Yeah. You know, um, and as the franchise extended and Parliament became sovereign, these affiliations um, coalesced into more permanent groupings that were like mutually beneficial but the actual pattern of it stays the same the pa- that patron provides funding for the person to get elected um, and in return the representative gives that patron access to the state yeah they are the state's re- they are the conduit by which they get favors policies uh things like that mm-hmm. so it kind of for a long time before kind of the uh, great reform act it just becomes a, a horse training circle where you're a particular person's creature, mm-hmm. a particular notable's creature, mm-hmm. and you're competing with other notables for particular kind of uh, influence with the with the yeah. with the, in the state coffers and with the monarch or the sovereign or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, we still use the word grandee, like we say party grandee. Yeah. That's the word for a Spanish nobleman. Yeah. But we still use it to describe kind of uh, part, like party bigwigs today. Um, and of course, like as it changes from just being an aristocrat- aristocratic patron, it changes to kind of like social organisations. So like um, nonconformist churches, uh, the National Liberal Federation. Mm-hmm. You are friends with a load of industrialists, mm-hmm. bankers, 
if you're, you know, in the Conservative Party. Um, and these groups kind of fun start to function as electoral committees, where and if they're kind of lasting for more than one election, then that's basically a party. <laughs> you know, it it's, might be coalesced around, say, something as, as trivial as, like, a family association. <laughs> you know, you're looking out for the cousin of the Duke of... Somerset, yeah, or something like that. But if it's staying around, it's that's a that's a largely that's an ideological tie, yeah, you know. Um, and of course, that changes again when you have like the Labour Party come in. That's a mass party, mm. balanced between a lot of different of uh, sections of kind of interest groups. You've got the unions, you've got various different like the Independent Labour Party, you've various different interest groups and, and ideological groups all forming in a like. A real broad that that's where the broad church party idea yeah. comes from for Labour, um, and then you kind of have that you have the fifties and sixties where you have these mass parties like I think we mentioned it in another episode there were like two million members of the Labour Party in the fifties like mm. it's fucking insane mm. it's so huge, um, and then as the eighties and nineties move along you have a kind of atrophying of that mass party system. And people get more disengaged from politics. As we said, the politicians get removed from the point where they can influence the state. Mm. The state becomes a lot more... The state, like the British state especially, has always had like strong civil service, strong secret service, mm. and strong military that's kind of separated from political oversight. Mm. And so that happens even further in kind of the, the, Thatcher, the Thatcher era. People are becoming more disillusioned with politics. So you have this kind of retreat back into... Uh, I think he calls it like, how do you pronounce this? Cadre? Cada? C-A-D-R-E. I've always pronounced it Cadre, but I looked it up and uh, there's some people saying Cada. And Cada. But yeah, Cadre parties. Cadre, cadre right. parties. Like, like um, uh, Cadre's in a communist party. Communist yeah. part, like communist parties and socialist parties, um, even when they have like cells, even yeah. when they're down to the point of like, say, an RAF kind of group, yeah. they have a similar kind of thing. They're, that's an elite. Mm -hmm. There's an elite, elite groups of people who... Uh, look out for each other and have certain bonds with each other that you know direct their collective action mm. um, and you know so you get this you get parties now largely trying to operate by securing elite donors positioning their members within an elite techno like they call it the techno structure mm -hmm. um and so the side, and weirdly enough, the side effect of this is that MPs have to look out for, although they have elite patrons, the elite patrons are for the parties, not necessarily just for individuals. So weirdly enough, MPs become more autonomous, but they have less to do. Mm -hmm. They have less, like no one's blaming an MP if they stay in a position for 40 years and ask two questions a week, mm -hmm. go around and open the uh, things and maybe take a front bench roll. Like no... It doesn't seem that constituencies punish MPs for not having a lot of influence. And yeah. so what it becomes, because you've got this like overt media focus on, on things, like that's the most important thing, you have um, you have the professionalization of politics to the extent that it becomes to them like any other job. Mm. They they are there in order to shore up their own personal position and toe the party line that's all they need to do because at election time you'll be judged on what your party does and yeah. not what you do as an individual you know and like as it becomes more professional that's why like this centrist group use those same kind of buzzwords you know they've got this guild lexicon of of approved terminology that 
is the language of professional politicians. You know, like, it's not rooted in solving society's problems. It's not rooted in democratic politicians doing good things. Mm. It's rooted in solving their own problems as professionals. So, like, think about the most common features of an MP is far more based on what institutions you're aligned... Like, what elite institutions you're aligned to. Yeah. And what think tanks you can go to. What yeah. committees you're on, which is, you know, a parliamentary institution that determines your politics. And so when we refer to Mike Gapes or Ian Austin as the Saudi guy, yeah. it means because that's the elite institution. Is Ian Austin that's, a Saudi guy? Ian Austin is very much a Saudi guy. He's an, he's an uh, anti-Iran guy yeah. to, to a, a ridiculous extreme, but that kind of means he's a Saudi guy because he's yeah. a BAE guy. But, I mean, you think about what the most common features of most MPs you've read about and what it actually... What they actually do and what it means to them. So it consists of like a good media image consisting mm. of praising the right columnists, appearing on the right TV programs and not fucking up, and the occasional peek into your own personal interests to convince a non-political middle swing voter that you're the same as them. Yeah. You know, it's acting as a paragon of procedure yeah. in the House of Commons. Do the right things. You know how to do the House of Commons. Yeah. You've read the t- the handbook. When you dress you- well. Yeah. You read the handbook, you raise your hand at the right time, mm. you do that kind of thing. Um, you vote with a nebulously defined uh, idea of conscience that just happens to align with your imperial state's interest 99% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. Um, you align your, that's the most important thing. You align yourself with like-minded figures in the media and in the techno structure. Yeah. Um, well, academics. Like the, like the, um, the seven... Have done like you can see mm. where they voted along the same Chuck lines. Ramuna, uh joined what was it Progressive UK Progressive Britain <laughs> that was a few weeks ago yeah. uh, a few maybe a couple of months ago uh, Chris Leslie wrote that uh, wrote that um, centrist manual centrist Brit Centre Britain that was always birthed great. it he birthed it. it was it was difficult he was he was very much the tortured mm. artist but um, no no I mean like all of them voted together against the Labour Party on I think it was a thing on. It was a vote on whether you share information gathered from a wiretap with countries that have the death penalty so it would lead to someone's death. And these seven all voted against the Labour Party whip to vote with the Tories on doing that. <laughs> That's what they did a couple of weeks ago. That was like to prove like they've been like a little gang of <laughs> monsters <laughs> for a while. Yeah, so you know, you form your little gangs. But that, that uh, there's also I think the only thing where individuality comes into it is you have to look at your... Like, Ian Austin didn't just become a Saudi guy mm-hmm. off, the, off his own back. He's a Saudi guy because there's BAE in his constituency mm-hmm. and its employers. It makes it has to make some kind of sense. Yeah. So, like... Why John Woodcock loves nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, hey, you're from a poor but white constituency. Mm. You become a legitimate concerns guy. Yeah. You know? If you're from a BAE constituency, you yeah. become a Saudi guy. If you're from a rural constituency, you start being the fox hunting person. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. It can't explain every one of their weird obsessions. Yeah. But it does kind of... It goes some way to at least making some kind of logical fucking link as yeah. to why uh, Ian Austin would be talking about Baskin-Robbins opening in uh, Sana in Yemen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um... They, that you can see the way that that kind of thing has waned since even since Blair's time, in the amount of worship they have for the the Mother of Parliaments. They put yeah. on the old Mother of Parliaments Act, yeah. so you know they step outside and shed a tear as Big Ben 
goes out. You know, it's all you of take, my favourite images. It's one of those things of like I genuinely believe Tony Ben when he he was like high on that kind of stuff, wasn't he? Oh, he, he was. was a, he, he was yeah. a super mother of Parliament's worshipper. But I kind of believe yeah, like, it a little more. I've seen more. some stuff recently that have made me like him a little bit more because you know reminded about how much he hated the SDP. Um, yeah. But you know he was still, yeah he still loved Parliament yeah. like they all do really yeah. I was looking this up. There was an interesting thing. You know, Parliament was deliberately built too small. So it got hit by a bomb in uh, 1943 in, yeah. in World War II. Um, and there was a discussion in the House of Commons about re, uh, refitting it. Yeah. And maybe making it round like yeah. other legislatures. Yeah. To have like, like a collaborative thing. Upper, like you see in like, the regional parliaments. And uh, there was... And and making it bigger to actually accommodate the yeah, six hundred. Because they're always standing around the, the, the six hundred to six hundred fifty. You see in PMQs, they're all standing mm. in the thing. So, uh, the minister in charge of actually rebuilding it uh, gave a speech in the House of Commons. Said there are two main characteristics of the House of Commons. The first is that its shape should be oblong and not semicircular. Of course, because the semicircular assembly appeals to political theorists. <laughs> um, or in the words of. Angela Smith, and because, left-wing intellectuals. Oh, God. Go well, it's because uh, an oblong chamber with two sides facing each other makes it more of a declarative statement to cross the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas if you're in an oblong, oblong-like shape, you can just kind of slowly shift along. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they formed. They made it too small because they wanted it to conduct... They wanted to be able to conduct debates at a gentlemanly conversational tenor <laughs> so they could speak quietly yep uh, if the house is big enough to contain all its members nine tenths of its debates will be conducted in the depressing atmosphere of an almost empty or half empty chamber the essence of good house of common speaking is the conversational style the facility for quick informal interruptions and interchanges that never happens no, no. they go on for fucking hours and they take their turn they do um, harangues from a rostrum would be a bad substitute for the conversational style in which so much of our business is done <laughs> it's like if you just suggest something like that, like, hey, how about, you know, with this building work that's coming up, how about we, you know, demolish the House of Commons and make it better? Yeah. And demolish our political system like that. And we spend a lot of time talking about democracy as something we export abroad. Mm. That's the, like, main focus of Britain's mission in the world. And it was the mission in the world. It was the grand narrative that these fucking yeah. TIG people yeah. were trying to, um, to put forward. That yeah. Britain's role in the world, as it exists, is to act as a diminished propagator of democracy by military means if necessary. Same yeah. old liberal intervention stuff. Yeah. Um, and we talk about it as like a bundle of things, like mostly in the context of somewhere else. We don't spend enough time or effort on actually reforming how a democratic system should look. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the the worst proponents, the, the, the most like rigid obstacles to reforming the system is always MPs. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do not want to change it. Like, why shouldn't we have a more egalitarian, a more directly representative body politic? Yeah. That surely just, makes, that just makes sense to me. And like, the Labour Party, as a whole, looks like it is moving towards something like that. Nowhere near as as fast as, uh, as I would like to. Mm. Um but like this is kind of the it's it's weird because it's kind of ending up being a throwback a mass party going into the Brit into British politics to kind of 
try and undermine this notion that actually our representatives, our MPs, actually don't have to be handpicked that carefully. No. There's no particular set of talents or skills that any of these people possess that are that unique mm-hmm. that they could not be um, adopted, like that role could not be adopted by someone else. It's not just a job, mm-hmm. but also it's way too broad and way too general to just expect one person to have it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, if the Labour Party and if Corbynism is going to be a mass movement, it's going to be a big old thing and it's going to be democratic. Mm-hmm. You could just replace MPs every time because mm. they would be representing the democratic wishes of their constituents. Yeah. This isn't unfair somehow. No. This isn't granting them privileged access. No. The parties already have that privileged access by the way that the system is set up. You could have a better voting system, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. But if you're just talking about for the Labour Party, it's not unfair to expect these people to kind of... It's not unfair to expect these people, the people who are representing them, to toe the line, and that's like what whenever anything like that is 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 brought up, that's always the underlying thing. This is unfair. We haven't had a chance. Yeah. Frank Fields was a fucking has been a fucking MP for how long? Oh, thousands. Twenty thousand years. He yeah. was a druid originally. <laughs> he had legitimate concerns about Romans. <laughs> Actually, to <Yeah>. be fair, <laughs> yeah, <that's fair. laughs> um, and yeah, why? What is what is wrong with demanding that mm. from, from your from your MPs? Mm. And you know they they can put on anything they like. They, they this independent group can put on anything they like about their their consciences. Mm. It links up with their defence of their position. But they have parliamentary privilege. Mm-hmm. They have it, and they took it with them. Mm-hmm. Just they don't need it. No, there's nothing particularly linking their talent to their position. What's the thing? Is that thing it comes back to like with the what makes a good MP. Yeah. It's such a nebulous job, anyone could do it. They really could. It's important. None yeah, of them yeah, are it's special. So, in, 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 it's so universal. Mm. There's so much you have to do. Yeah. It's, there is nothing special about it. You, like, what would make a good MP is a modicum of human decency and a propensity to not lie and steal. But that's an ex- that that sounds really basic. That's an incredibly high bar- a high mark I've put that like a high well, standard. They, they always talk about they always talk about getting more kind of manual workers. That so that that mm. became a tiny thing for a bit until they realised putting manual workers might just help the left. Yeah, um, putting manual workers as MPs, and I think just it's so left in that Victorian attitude of. The, the gentleman's club it sounds a bit cliche but it is still predicated on that and anytime they've uh, tried to reform it it has just kind of they've left that kernel mm. remaining you know I don't see why we couldn't change every MP every time there's a general election um, and obviously I would tie this up with like greater democracy in the workplace mm-hmm. greater democracy in 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 your locale mm-hmm. to to take control of a, a, like actually how resources are spent in a collective and mm-hmm. and all that all that good stuff democratic socialism all that mm-hmm. but i would also like as the representatives to the highest parliament in the land you could almost say well we'll have a different mp every time yeah. the whole point of this mass movement should be actually a changeable sea of faces based yeah. on kind of common principles, common decency, and an actual desire to improve people's lives. Mm. And they say that, 
every time, but they're professionalised elite politicians. Mm. And it's it's too much. It's gone on for too long. Yeah. And they are only proving more of their irrelevancy every time. Yeah. I think that they open their mouths. Yeah. I think it's um Subri and the rest of them, the Tory ones, mm. might have opened themselves up to there being more chance of all of them being deselected. Oh yeah. Because Tories get really angry. As an elite cadre party, yeah. that didn't really change. It's they had quite a lot they had quite a high membership in the fifties, but mm. all all the parties did. But they are very much mm. uh, an, at the top an elite run party. Yeah. Which has its drawbacks in that they are in like crazily out of touch. Oh god yeah. But they and you know, when they don't have an animating principle, they really don't know what to do because they're waiting for direction. Mm. But they are also ruthless about getting rid of people who uh in their particular circle of friends. Yeah. In their particular circle of uh, of colleagues, they have no problem with getting rid of them completely. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if um, well, it's what actually would be a thing that sort of if um, if the Tories don't automatically sort it out, so they're immediately gotten rid of, mm. then I will be leaning towards the side of the whole point of this independence group is to split the vote on the left of like kind of. The centrist daddy Labour Party voters, the shy Tories, yeah. but they're going to end up absorbing shy Tories, just shy Tories. I, I mean, ultimately, they, it feels to me increasingly like they're just professional politicians who didn't get the promotion they asked for. Yeah, yeah. And in their particular um, middle class that milieu, Brighton that's one. the worst thing that can possibly exactly. happen to so them. Was that Brighton woman today? Yes. Who walked yeah. across and literally became Anne a Tory? Meadows, I think it yeah, was. So, she was so in Brighton Council. Brighton Council has just become a Tory. And um, like within seconds, I was like, "Well, it's because she wasn't chosen as a as an MP candidate." Yeah, and so and she was angry. Yeah, um, and yeah, they well, Jess Phillips today or yesterday, hmm. she was saying that oh, we need to have more um, dissent, dif- different voices on the um, on the front bench of the Labour Party. Um, otherwise, I could see more people that. leave. Well, they have, but she's like, "Why haven't I been?" Yeah. So she's like, "I've done nothing but bitch and moan and lie about swearing at Diane Abbott um, for years. Why haven't I been given a promotion?" It's it's all of these fucking like profession like I fucking hate these buzzwords mm-hmm. because diversity of opinion means I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's do you know what? That's also fine. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. There are fucking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of Tories mm-hmm. who don't want to see what I see. Yeah. There are probably millions more liberals who don't want to see the world that I see. Yeah. But that's part of politics. If she doesn't agree with that, mm. it's fine. There's a place for you now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a comfy sofa at the side of the Houses of Parliament. It's where the it's we where t- the DUP sit. Yeah. It's near there as well. It's you know it's it's fine. Yeah, that's not diversity. No, not it's not diversity. It's getting the party back under the control of the professional politicians yeah. because they are outraged yeah. that this scruffy. Um, man who as far as they're concerned couldn't pass an interview yeah. which is part well, you, of the whole thing you saw that the they France, doesn't see politics as a job I'm, the I, Francis I really Berber thing she just it. talked about how we failed his A-levels yeah exactly it's it's elite professionalisation yeah. of something that needs to be absolutely it's democratic absolutely egalitarian and, and you, open you know this true they say open. Corbyn they don't mean Corbyn they mean the membership hmm. and if Corbyn was gotten rid of hmm. and they voted in they they would they want to reduce the amount of members there are in the Labour Party. Um, I think it was I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Chris Leslie said, the PLP should have the ultimate say over who's the leader. Of course, because they're the ones who again, 
making it as small as possible mm. and linking it to uh, a particular patron. That's mm. elite mm. politics. That's the way it used to be run. Mm. You know, it's, and that's it's a mindset they get themselves into, and they can't even see it. Yeah, I think they might see it. I I seriously doubt that any of them have any kind of conception of themselves because, and who would? All they do is read the same fucking papers, the mm. same fucking columnists. Um, and they don't go on Twitter, my curated Twitter timeline, to get, <laughs> you know, the real story. <laughs> See, from what people you need. Need from four. people with hammer yeah, orange hammer and sickle avatars <laughs> called like <laughs> Eco Tanky nineteen seventy-six, nine eleven. It's what you need um, for every MP. Maybe that'll be a nice, easy way of dealing with it. It's like either mandatory reselections at every election to yeah. try and like to just zhuzh it up a bit, so you don't end up having someone like Anne Coffey leave the party and everyone say, "Who's that?" Yeah. Um, but also, maybe you need someone walking behind every MP, reminding them that like you are butter twat. <laughs> just, to, just to like keep. It's like. Like, Mike Gapes needs that. He thinks he's a warrior. Like, he's that, that fucking thing. When he thinks, like, I have been waging battles on Twitter. Oh, that was so good. Because he gets so teased. Good. He doesn't wage battles. He gets teased. Yes. Because he's an absurd figure. Nobody's engaging with high-level philosophical and ideological debates with Mike <laughs> Wide Open Gapes. <laughs> no. Oh. I have... <laughs> Mike Gapes, taking me back to the old me. <laughs> Fucking Pinochet's handmaiden on Twitter. <laughs> I have won my battles with Mike Gapes. He's still an MP. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't get them. I still don't get them. Um, I still can't work. Like, yeah, they're, um, they're first citizens. They're, glorif- they're like in training to run a charity. They're, at best, they're... Uh, citizens advice bureau where you jump the queue a bit yeah at worst they're privatizing your water and sending letters around saying well saying don't um vote for me but i hate the labor party yeah. and and treating all their members of their clp like unpaid workers yeah yeah and it's again i want to reiterate actually um i kind of regard luciana berger in the same way as like Jess Phillips, except without all of the stuff that makes Jess Phillips annoying. Mm. Like I don't, I don't know what she does. I, I, I just don't. Couldn't get my head around what makes her the most talented person. She seems nice enough when she speaks. Mm. She has politics that are not exactly mine, but also I've never seen enough of it demonstrated mm-hmm. where it actually matters. I'm not asking for high level, like oh, I say, God, no. I'm not asking for high level philosophical discussions. No. I'm asking for, oh hey, opposing austerity yeah. every single time, being outspoken about saying Just, this is an absolutely disgusting system that has killed hundreds of thousands of people yeah. and I want it gone. Yeah. And that's, I just want some of that. And there's none of that there. No. I never see it. No, not in like virtually any of them. Especially not the ones that are well, no, called... no, I do see it in not an increasing ones, amount. Yeah, but not in the ones that are called... That they say things like, they're the best politician. Yes, yeah, They yeah. are the best MP. And it's that weird... That I, the ironic thing is, out of all the people that are... Every single MP, out of however many are there, like 700 billion of them. There are 650. Okay, so lots. Yeah. Too many. Um, out of all them, the ones that would win their seats without the particular colour rosette that they wear yeah. would probably be ones like Diane Abbott, Jeremy Corbyn, 
John McDonnell. Yeah. Those are the ones that would win. Yeah. None of the others. And maybe, maybe it is just the larger point that they don't... The politicians got so used to not speaking to people's basic material concerns. And it's, uh, it's always important, but it's more important now than ever that this country's in a real shit state. Mm. Like... We talked about the Ronda and the Red Cross coming in mm. and, you know, there's various places in the country. Food bank usage is through the roof. Homelessness is through the roof. Housing crisis. Mm. Wages. All of that stuff. And that's maybe why we regard them as... Maybe they're actually, in the things that they do, not necessarily in their practice, not necessarily they don't do things to make themselves appear closer to their constituents. They just actually know what it is that politics is supposed to do, hmm. which is to sort out material concerns. Hmm. You know, that's maybe that's maybe that's why they appear to be, you know, slightly slightly more approachable, slightly better hmm. with their constituencies. They've got that, that strong constituency link. Yeah. Maybe that that's just what it is. I'm from a poor constituency. Stop. Yeah, cutting people's benefits yeah. when they're on their deathbeds. Uh, okay, that's us for this week. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can uh, also listen to us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You can follow us at wdtatw underscore podcast. You follow me at bmburgermott. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And that's us for this week. All right, Cheers. Bye. Bye. Fighting am the least about the fighting game When Mr. Hoover said to cut my dick